the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, friends, welcome back to The Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, alongside Aubrey Sampson. My name is Brian Fromm, and Aubrey, we are thrilled to be joined by a friend of the show. He's the VP of Advocacy and Policy uh, at World Relief, also National Coordinator of the Evangelical Immigration Table. His name is Matthew Sorens. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm great. Glad, glad to be with you. Yeah, it's so good to have you on. We appreciate the time you spend mm-hmm. with us. Uh, let's just start where uh, we, we love to have you on to talk about all things immigration, all things in the news. And honestly, Matt, right now, if, especially when you turn on certain news channels, you would think that there's just an invasion going on. There's something at the border that's like it's never been before. And I think a lot of our people don't know what's true and what's false right now. So how do you describe just the landscape, uh, the snapshot of what's going on right now? Yeah, I mean, there's some truth and, and some inaccuracies in, in some of what we're hearing, for sure. So I've been at the border actually quite a bit in the last eight weeks. Um, what is true is there's a lot of people arriving at the border, mm. um, not, not necessarily historically unprecedented. If you go back 20 years, there was probably even higher numbers, but higher numbers than we've seen in, a, in quite a long time. What's not true is that it's an invasion. Um, yeah. An invasion is people showing up with the intention to take over a country with you know, <laughs> weapons. What, what is mostly happening is people coming uh, to the border, some waiting in very long lines to come to the port of entry with a, a new app that is available. Uh, World Relief works with some a church partner in Tijuana, for example, and there's churches like that across the Mexican side of the border where people are literally sleeping for weeks at a time waiting for that opportunity. Others who are crossing the border unlawfully, you know, mm. going over a fence or through a fence or at a point where there is no fence. But what's mostly happening is not people then trying to evade the Border Patrol, but people looking for the Border, border Patrol mm. to request asylum. That is to say they're coming with their hands out saying, please, we heard this country could help us. And the, the complicated dynamic is our laws actually do say that we can help certain people. If you have a well-founded fear of persecution for particular reasons, the law actually uh, says that you are allowed to have due process. And if you can prove that, you're allowed to stay. Mm. The big mess right now is we're so past the point where our government has the capacity to verify people's stories in anything like a timely process, mm. a very long bureaucratic process that uh, there's just not the resources to vet people, and people are, uh, in many cases, being turned away uh, because there's just sorry, we don't have space. In other cases, uh, they're being allowed in, and we're seeing those some of those people arrive in Chicago, especially from countries like Venezuela, and they're given court dates that might be four years out into the future. Mm-hmm. And the real challenge then is that they're not authorized to work in most cases um, for at least a number of months after they arrived. Um, uh, and that's just, you know, that's current law is you have to, you can't apply for work authorization until five months after you've submitted your asylum application. Mm. And most people didn't cross the border with their asylum application, you know, ready to submit the day they arrived. Either. Right, right. So it's, it's created a real mess. We're, we're doing what we can um, at World Relief to help respond to that, both at the border 
and um, and here in Chicago and in other mm-hmm. parts of the United States where we can equip local churches to help um, come alongside people. But I do think the the part of the story that is often misunderstood is this idea that it's just people coming in trying to sneak into the country or even trying to do harm. Um, I'm sure there's a small number of those people, and we believe very much in World Relief that we need a strong border patrol to prevent anyone seeking to do harm from coming in. But the people who are in the news are largely people coming and asking for help, mm-hmm. often with very legitimate mm-hmm. hardship that they're fleeing from. That doesn't mean under the U.S. law that they all should be allowed to stay, um, but it's not fair to, to slander them as, as invaders or um, you know some sort of people trying to harm our country. Right. Yeah. They're largely families that are fleeing, especially from Venezuela, but other countries as well. Um, really, really awful situation. Mm-hmm. Well, Matt, thanks for that perspective. It's so helpful. Uh, The Evangelical Immigration Table sent out an email connected to Advent that I thought was so powerful. And in it, you actually do give give folks some things they can do, like you were talking about what can churches do. But one of the things you also address is, was Jesus's family uh, an immigrant family, a refugee family? Were they displaced people? People talk about Jesus as a refugee and you kind of dive into that. I'd be really curious about your thoughts. Yeah, you know, I started to think about this literally last week. I was watching uh, my, my kids uh, in our practice for the nativity pageant that goes at our church on Christmas Eve. Um, my six-year-old Zoe is, is Mary this year, so oh, she's doing a great job of, of her lines. But it, it struck me sort of that we end the nativity pageant, as almost every nativity pageant I've ever seen does, with the wise men bowing down presenting their gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But then we don't go to the next part in Matthew chapter 2, where Joseph is warned in a dream that Herod is going to kill all the boys in Bethlehem mm. in a jealous genocide and that they need to flee across the border into Egypt to be safe. Mm. And that part of the story in Matthew 2 is, is where many people would argue that Jesus was a refugee. Now, mm. of course, you can get into the semantics because they didn't have formal legal definitions for that term now. You could also argue that Jesus was an asylum seeker uh, mm. under U.S. law, mm. again, to superimpose the legal structure we have now. That's when you get to a country and say— I have a well-founded fear of persecution for one of these reasons. Please don't send me back. Mm. And you're not a refugee unless and until the government actually has the time to verify your claim. And so, of course, we're totally guessing in terms of if, if the Egyptian governing authorities had <laughs> you know, policies or had, you know, we have no idea what happened at that border between um, Judah and, and Egypt. Uh, but what we do know is that Jesus, Mary, and Joseph were fleeing a very well-founded fear of persecution yeah. Um, yeah. on the authority of, of God himself through an angel. Now, whether that would have satisfied an asylum officer, I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a great case in the United States. Probably. Yeah, right. right, right. More documentary evidence than that. But I, I think it's just important to keep that in mind as we're about to celebrate Christmas, that this dynamic of people fleeing persecution is not new. Uh, mm. It is throughout the stories of the scripture, including of our Lord and Savior himself. Mm. And that's been our, our position at World Relief and with our partners at the Evangelical Immigration Table is we absolutely need secure borders. We affirm, you know, bipartisan efforts to figure out how to do that better, yeah. which definitely includes more resources for the Border Patrol. And yet, we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Can't, we can't give up on this idea of asylum altogether. There needs to be not an open door to anyone who shows up, but a due process for anyone who shows up where there's mm-hmm. a way to have your case considered. Yeah. And one of the things we're concerned with is, at least from some of the reporting, is that in the Senate, they're considering some proposals that would basically say at certain times they just turn off asylum, like asylum mm-hmm. is closed. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was just two weeks ago, I, I was with a, an Iranian Christian woman in San Diego, 
who came through, she flew to Venezuela, made the way all the way up. Venezuela happens to be one of a couple countries where without a, you know, where you can very quickly get on an airplane and enter with an Iranian passport. And as a, a Christian, she was basically found out by the Iranian government. She had to get out quickly with her, her husband and child. They made their way all the way up to the U.S.-Mexico border, um, requested asylum, and eventually were granted asylum, thank God. And yeah, it, still, wow. it was an awful journey, and then it's still a really hard transition once you get to the United States. Yeah. Um, and there's a good neighbor team from World Relief there in Southern California helping her through that process. But I'm really mindful that with some of the proposals on the table right now, she would not qualify for asylum. Hmm. Um, she would be in our school. Hmm. And that's a huge concern for us at World Relief. We've, we've worked with Open Doors US and re- trying to highlight just in the last few days that asylum is an essential lifeline for the persecuted church and for other persecuted religious minorities. So h- however we change policies, and we need some ju- policy changes to yeah. ensure more secure borders, more orderly borders, yeah. we can't give up on this principle of asylum. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's really good. That Again, Matthew Sorens is the VP of Advocacy and Policy at World Relief, also the National Coordinator of the Evangelical Immigration Table. Matt, we, we love talking to you. That's always so helpful. Before we let you go, uh, where can people connect with you? And also, if, if a pastor or a church leader out there is going, man, I want to do something, where are some resources? Where, where can they go kind of get a lead as to how they can help? Yeah, you know, we are doing all that we can, uh, both at the border, but also here in Chicagoland. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we are uh, working with a number of churches. Most people are aware there's a lot of migrants, many of whom are seeking asylum, um, especially from Venezuela, in the city of Chicago, and, and to some extent in the suburbs as well. And we've been working with a number of churches to do our best to meet some of those human needs. Uh, so people are interested in that, and, and along with other immigrants who've come long ago or who are arriving via the airport as refugees. Um, and there's a large number of those folks arriving right now as well. So worldrelief.org slash Chicagoland. Um, people can find ways to be involved as a volunteer or to give uh, either you know, financially, but also household items that are needed. Um, if someone's a landlord and says, hey, I would rent to someone in that situation, that's a huge need mm. um, because people show up without credit histories. Mm. And sometimes it's really hard to find an apartment, even when we have resources to pay for it. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, yeah, those are all needs, and we would love people to get involved. And then there's also opportunities to advocate, to let your elected officials know that we want policies that meet this dual mandate of secure borders and um you know, respecting the dignity of human beings, and that includes respecting the due process for asylum seekers. We've got resources for advocacy on the World Relief website, as well as uh, the Evangelical Immigration Table's website at evangelicalimmigrationtable.com. Great. Thanks, man. Go to worldrelief.org and check out all of that stuff. Matt, thanks so much. Thanks for joining us. Have a great Christmas. Merry Christmas. You as well. You're listening to The Common Good, AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.